Will you pray with me, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Friends, you may be seated. My grandfather, Oren Hubbard, was a seaman fourth class in the United States Coast Guard. He served during World War II as a machine gunner on a PT boat, that is, patrol and torpedo boat, that guarded tankers transporting oil from Venezuela to the United States of America. When in port, Grandpa was also part of an elite drill team who would perform for dignitaries and during special gatherings from time to time. That was my grandfather, Oren Hubbard. He's with Jesus now. My father, Roger Hubbard, served in the Army Reserves from 1968 to 1974 during the Vietnam War. He enlisted prior to being drafted. He was a specialist fourth class and served stateside during his time. When my father was in basic training in Fort Ord, California, he recalls riding on a bus on the first day heading into the camp. Before the busload of recruits arrived at their stop, the drill instructors were already addressing, that is yelling, at the new recruits coming in. What are you guys staring at, they would say, but they used other words than that. Once the bus stops, the recruits grab their gear and fell out in front of the bus in formation. The drill instructor examined everyone and directed them to dump their bags on the ground, all of their belongings, all of their clothes, and especially all of the snacks and goodies and cookies that their moms and their girlfriends had made for them and sent with them. All of that on the ground. And the drill instructor said, you've got one minute to eat all of that. <laughs> and eat it, they did. After a frantic feeding frenzy, the drill instructor gave orders for them to gather their stuff back into their sacks and stand at attention. Clothes and toiletries got mixed between the recruits, but they got all their stuff together as best as they could, got their gear back in their bags, and they stood at attention again. And as the drill instructor walked down the line, examining everyone and everything, he came to one recruit who was standing at attention, bag at his feet, left arm down at his side, and in his right hand, he held an apple core as solemnly and as respectfully as he could have. And the drill instructor looked at him, looked at the apicor, and looked him in the eye and yelled, and what are you going to do with that? The recruit didn't say a word. Instead, he started eating the apicor, and he ate the entire thing. And then they went for a mile run. Friends, we are privileged to live and serve in a land that is free, where we can gather together without fear of being harassed or arrested and worship the Lord in spirit and truth, free from oppression, control, or violent intervention from our government. This indeed is an incredible blessing that we have in this land. I am privileged to live and serve during a time when young men have not been drafted into military service, but brave men and women have enlisted to do their part and serve for the sake of freedom to protect our nation its interests, and its people, both here and abroad. 
We stand here today on the shoulders of those who have come before us in the faith and also in the fight. And I'm here today before you having never served in the armed forces of the United States of America. Unworthy for the task, but called for the service to the church by the grace of God and by the will of his people. And I acknowledge the sacrifice and service of those who've come before me, who've come before us. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to serve as pastor, to teach God's word, and share the grace and truth of Jesus with you. Thank you for this privilege and blessing. King David wrote in Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. As we remember who King David was, he was a warrior, a prophet, a poet, a musician. He would be the second king of Israel and write many of the Psalms about 1,000 BC. That's 3,000 years ago already. 3,000 years ago. The time when General Sherman, the sapling sequoia tree, was just sprouting at Sequoia National Park in California. King David writing the Psalms. Half of them are his. And in preparing these works of prayer and praise, David would appoint thousands of singers and musicians to assist God's people with worship as they lifted up their praise and thanksgiving in the tabernacle to him. In Psalm 34, King David wrote, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. David wrote these words while fleeing from the raging and paranoid King Saul, who was jealous of David and his popularity. David had become a powerful and popular general at that time, and Saul was not going to have it. And even in the midst of all that troubled him, still David would thank and praise the Lord, even in the midst of troubling times. And friends, as you know, troubling times we've had pandemic problems that even continue to this day, but thanks be to God to a lesser degree. Racial unrest that seems to surface time and time again, regardless of the amount of progress that we make. There's political division, the shootings in schools, disconnected and anxious and depressed youth. The psalmist reminds us that even in challenging and chaotic times, the Lord turns his view toward his people and his favor finds his children. God's desire is to watch over and protect his people, to provide what they need to support their bodies and lives, and to offer salvation to all people by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Speaking of Jesus, I recall Jesus' moments on the cross where he shouts out a prayer, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's as if in that moment, the favor of the heavenly father is not with his son. It's as if in that moment, the father turns his face away from his son. His eyes not upon him, or so it seems. In that moment where Jesus took on our sin and became sin for us, taking our place on that cross, bearing our sin in order to be our Savior. Thanks be to God for his son, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice for us on the cross that would give us freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from the tyranny of Satan, and freedom in the presence of God forevermore 
in eternity. Jesus, like his forefather David, was titled a king, but a different kind of king. The inscription above the cross where he hung read, King of the Jews. And it was Jesus, this King of the Jews, who would suffer for us, who would die for us, who would come back to life for us, who would ascend to the right hand of the Father for us, who would give us his Holy Spirit to equip and empower us and to comfort us and give us confidence in our faith. And it was Jesus whose power and authority are above all others, who still directs the course of nations here on this earth, even to this day, to the point that one day, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it's this Jesus who uses his divine power and authority as the true Son of God, not to lord it over us as his people, not to condemn us to a Christless eternity, but instead to love us, to bless us, to forgive us, to strengthen us, and provide us with that promise of eternal life. The face of God is toward us because the favor of his son Jesus is with us. Therefore, until Christ's return one day when the time is right, it is our duty to thank him, to praise him, to serve him, and obey him, and use our opportunities to use our God-given freedoms to live more fully for God and for each other. As the eye of the Lord is upon us in our time, watching us, protecting us, and encouraging us, our eyes turn from the Lord in worship of him and in thanksgiving for all that he's done for us through Christ, our eyes start to turn toward others around us, to our family and friends, to those in our congregation and community, to those in our region and world, especially to those in need. And that our calling is not to look on them with condemnation or judgment, but rather to look on them in compassion, to look out for them in times of need, to look for ways to encourage them, to look out for opportunities to share words of life with them, declaring to them the freedom that is ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. And friends, of course, we have plenty of opportunities to do that today. Not only in promoting our particular party of politics, though you are free to do that, or our personal piety and our practices, though you are free to do that, or for our personal preferences for how we live and order our lives, and you are free to do that, but certainly not in shaming someone else on social media or in family circles, and certainly not in discouraging or damning those who believe or behave differently than we do. But our call as those who are forgiven and free in Christ is to show up and to serve others in Jesus' name. It's commanded in Scripture, encouraged by Christ himself. It's also one of our core values as a congregation, this idea of service, that we would show up for others and serve them in Jesus' name with no thought of return, with no expectation for membership, with no strings attached. That's difficult to do. We're not trained to think like that. We're not taught to behave like that. But that is what God is calling us to do, to show up and serve others in Jesus' name. And friends, we have a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity before us 
With the Supreme Court overruling Ward versus Wade, the time for the church to act is now. If we are going to have more babies because of fewer abortions, then we are going to need more support for mothers and fathers before, during, and after pregnancy. We are going to need more families to open their hearts and their homes for one more person around their table. We are going to need more patient and persistent people to come alongside those who are hurting, have questions, or simply need a listening ear. And we are going to need more and more people to speak the truth, but in love, always pointing people to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Friends, we are going to need more and more people than we have in the past, and that will be only possible as we possess the love and forgiveness of Christ in our lives and that are empowered and equipped by his Holy Spirit to place our faith into action in service to the lives of others. Friends, we've said it before, it's easy to condemn. That's the easy thing. That's the convenient thing. That doesn't take much thought or much care. It's much more challenging and difficult to put our money where our mouth is and place our core beliefs into concrete action to bless the lives of others. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it's time to roll up our sleeves and care for the lives and families that we have claimed to be in favor of for almost 50 years since 1973. And friends, now is not the time to be afraid. Instead, now is the opportunity for us to be faithful. Faithful to God and his word fruitful for the kingdom of God, encouraged and motivated by the Holy Spirit to obey the Lord and his word for our lives and to bless the lives of others with the blessings that we ourselves have received from the Lord. Yes, the providential eye of the Lord is upon us, but it's not upon us in condemnation, wrath, or judgment. Instead, it's upon us in love and care and concern and compassion. God is watching over and protecting us. And he wants to encourage us in our lives, in our time, to reach out with his love to others, the love that he's shown to us through his son, Jesus. So with King David, instead of lamenting, we can proudly, boisterously proclaim, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, their faces shall never be discouraged or ashamed. So turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. God calls us to look to him. God calls us to do good. God calls us to turn away from evil. God calls us to seek peace. God calls us to pursue it. So that we together can show others just how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. Thanks be to God for the freedom that is ours so we can do just that. Show others just how beautiful it is to live with his son, Jesus. And thanks be to God for the privilege and the opportunity of living in this great nation of ours, the United States of America. Friends, may God be with you and bless you. May God be with and bless the men and women of our armed forces. And may God continue to be with and bless the United States of America. And all God's people said, amen. amen.